This is Alicia, and welcome to the College Life Podcast. I am super passionate about education, personal development, growth, and bringing out the best in every college student. This podcast will help motivate you, empower you, and bring you clarity and confidence in who you are, in your purpose, and help you take action toward a life you love. Don't wait until you graduate to live your best life. Let's start now. What's up and welcome to the College for Life podcast. It's Alicia here and today I have a really special episode because I am actually just having a chat with some of my girlfriends and what we're going to be talking about today is we just picked a random topic and we just kind of rolled with it. There was no real planning. There was no real goals of the conversation other than just to talk about this um, this topic. And so today's topic is going to be about transferable skills and really what we have learned about all the skills that we developed when we were in college, uh, even before college, and how those have helped us in our lives today. So I'm really excited for this episode. We have just some candid conversations about each of our experiences with how we developed skills, how we articulated them in the job market. And I think it's going to be a really helpful episode for you to really think about where you're at now, what skills you already are developing, but you haven't necessarily articulated that yet. But then also to get some ideas on what skills that you might be wanting to develop the rest of your time while you are in college. So let's go ahead and dive into the episode. I hope that you enjoy. Just kidding. Before we dive into the episode, I am just here to remind you about the major on purpose group coaching experience. I want you to be there. You know that you want to be there. So just go ahead and sign up. The last day to do so is Friday, October 30th. You can find out how to register in the show notes and let's get the episode started. Welcome to the College Life Podcast. It's Alicia here, and today I have with me two amazing women who I love so much. They're two of my really good friends, and I'm really excited to introduce you to them. So we have B and Audrey. Let's go ahead and start with B if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself, where you're kind of at in life, and, and then we'll get started on the topic for today, which is around transferable skills. So awesome. B, let's go ahead and get started. Hi, everybody. My name is Beatriz. Most people just call me B or Bea. I am currently a second year, can't believe I can say that, second year PhD student in the Learning Sciences and Human Development program at my university. And I'm super stoked to be here. Yes. Ooh, what are your long-term goals? <laughs> Put you on the spot <laughs> right <laughs> now. I'm going to let Audrey introduce herself and get <laughs> back to that question but I'm interested in failure and the small acts of resistance in everyday life. Ooh, cool, thanks. So I'm Audrey Blankenheim. I'm an academic coach at a university. I've been here for about three years. Um, Before that, I got my graduate degree in educational psychology with an emphasis in counseling. Um, So I do have a mental health counseling background I love the intersection between mental health and academics and supporting students and navigating the two. Um, and that's why I love academic coaching because those things are really connected in, in academic coaching. Awesome. So we always have such intense and awesome conversations about everything when it comes to college, reaching your goals, overcoming personal barriers to success, overcoming external and like systemic issues. <laughs> um, we, we, t- we talk about all of these things constantly um, in our community and um, with each other. And so one day last, it was like a couple weeks ago, we were having a conversation and we were like, oh crap, we should have been recording this. This was so good. This would have been so good for the podcast. And so that's really how this came about. Um, we always have real and raw conversations with each other. We challenge each other. Um, to think about different things and think about things in different ways and always share kind of different perspectives. And I freaking love these two women here today. So we're going to dive in and have some conversations around transferable skills. So first off, you might be wondering what the heck is that? Um, You probably can have some context clues around what it is, but Audrey, can you just share a little bit about how you would describe transferable skills to somebody? 
Sure. Yeah, I'll do my best. So when I think of transferable skills, I think of the deep skills that we learn constantly um, that are able to tie into multiple contexts, right? Um, and there's this thing called the NACE skills where employers across the country identified kind of the eight core skills that they really seek for in employers. Um, and I can, I looked it up, I can list a few. So a couple of these are leadership, critical thinking, problem solving, teamwork, collaboration, uh, the list goes on. And so thinking about how do we really develop those skills intentionally? How do we seek out opportunities to develop those? What are the hidden opportunities where we are developing those, but we not, might not even be realizing it? So then how can we then articulate that? Um, so we're, so we're constantly growing and deepening our skills and our transferable skills so then we can apply them to different contexts, right? And I think a lot about students that I work with in arts and sciences, right? Students in arts and sciences study all sorts of things, right? Some students major in dance or um, I'm trying to think of, you know, physics or chemistry or, you know, all of these really amazing subjects. And the reality is like, sometimes you'll go into a, a career path that's really aligned with what you study, but sometimes you won't. And so I love to talk with students and thinking about what are the skills that they are learning in the major of whatever they're studying and how can that translate to a wide variety of kind of future career paths and academic paths um, and where, where do those intersections lie? Thanks for that. Yes, yes, yes. So we are going to talk about some examples that we have had in our own life, whether it be before college or during college, or maybe even like right after college, I would say like early career. Um, and we want to share what we learned and things that we never thought would actually help us in our future careers and like what we're doing now, or what we want to do in the future. Um, but yeah, so thinking about like, what experiences have we had? And then what skills did we develop in that? And then how do they connect to what we're doing or what we want to do in the future? So we're just going to each share one example first, and then we're going to see how this goes. So uh, I don't know whoever wants to start. I can start. Yeah, great. Um, so I, my first year in college, I was at a private school in the Midwest. Um, they're in a scholarship. And so I was like, great, I need to find a job. And kind of like most students, I really didn't know how to start looking for a job or where to start. And one of my friends had started working um, in one of the cafeterias. And so I was like, hey, cool, I can do that. Um, and so I did that for about most of my first semester and a lot of my second semester. And kind of towards the end of the second semester, I was like, okay, you know, like, kind of done. I don't really spend a lot of money. So I don't really need a job. I, I was also there on a scholarship. So um, the scholarship paid a lot of my tuition or all of my tuition. Um, and so I was like, okay, you know, like, I don't really need it. And I had learned. So I went to um, I went to a high school where we were we did a corporate work study program. And so we went in and we were in like professional fields. Um, so I was in a home builder and I was also in a library. So those were my two jobs that I had in high school. And the number one thing they told us is you will never just up and quit a job. You always have to give a two week notice. Um, and I remember I went into that job to the office with like the man, like the, the chefs. Um, and I was like, Hey, I just want to let you know that I'm going to do a two week notice. And they were so impressed that a student had given them a two week notice that they gave me an office job in like the, and so I was the person who created and printed the menus for like the entire school and then uploaded it to the, um, the website. Um, and it was really cool because they were so shocked. They were like, students just usually stop showing up. Like, we're so thankful that you came. Um, and they gave me like a raise and then they gave me like, so, like I got to create menus, which is really cool. Because they, then they also started asking me about my background, what I had been doing before, um, my job experience, and so they learned that I had a lot of like office skills because I had created and written up contracts in high school. That they were like, we can use your skills. Like let's 
let's put them to use. Um, it had nothing to do with my major. I was an engineering major at the time. Um, and I ended up doing research in biophysics and biochemistry. So really has nothing to do with what I was doing. Um, but I think just that like being willing to go forward and say like being respectful enough of their time and my time because I knew they were going to have to find somebody else to replace me. Um, so that was, I think that was one of my like <laughs> most random transferable skill stories. Yeah, that's really cool. So unexpected, I feel like. <laughs> yeah. um, I'll kind of bounce off on that because I think a lot of my experience has been in the service industry working um, at restaurants. So I've worked at um, I worked at Sonic in high school for two years. So fun. We like competed to go to this um, like competition um, where uh, several <laughs> groups would be sent to Hawaii to compete. Uh, I didn't go. I didn't go. We didn't make it. But we were like trying so hard. It was so fun to work on this, um, like getting our times down for how quick we were making food and um, you know, during busy times, we'd be like, go, 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 like, go. Like, it just was so fun when we had a bunch of people who were really excited about the goal and willing to work towards it. Um, so, so Sonic, I worked at um, a diner, a 24 hour diner at a college um, at my Florida state where I, where I went to school. I then worked at Chili's as a bartender and as a waitress there. Um, I worked at Ruby Tuesdays. I worked at a couple of barbecue places, well, one barbecue place. Um, yeah, so I've worked at a lot of restaurants throughout my time in college. Uh, and I would say, first off, if you've never done service work before and you were in college, I suggest doing it as soon as COVID is over. Because <laughs> to me, I think you learned so much valuable skills. Uh, for me, I think being so intentional about how things are presented um, even so from the food, if there's like dressing and it's all over the plate and it's disgusting looking, that's not appealing to a customer, you know, um, and that's so basic, but I think it's those little things that really make a difference. Um, and I remember too, I worked at, like, like I said, multiple restaurants and I won't say which ones, but some of them were incredibly clean and we were so detail oriented and they were so regimented about like what you cleaned, when you cleaned it, you couldn't leave until it was done. Like, like they were really important. I was wanted to eat there because I felt comfortable eating there. And then I worked at this one that was super disgusting, like super gross. And I was like, holy crap. And I would try to like make change and they would do cleaning and stuff, but it just wasn't up to the par or the standards that I had been in other, uh, other restaurants. And so you just kind of see how that, that ends up kind of impacting the customer experience too. And then too, I just think serving others um, in that way, you really see the best and worst of humanity like in, in a restaurant. And it's so wild because everybody eats, right? And a lot of people go out to eat. So um, seeing, you know, people be really shitty to you and having to put a smile on your face and say, let me get my manager or let me figure out how I can make this, you know, a better experience for you um, all the way to, you know, things are going really slow in the kitchen and I can't do anything. I didn't forget to put your food in, you know, <laughs> um, which happens, but, um, I didn't get, you know, forget to put your food in or anything like that. They're just slammed in the kitchen or something went wrong in the kitchen. So having to kind of navigate that and, and share bad news, like, Hey, your food's not going to come out for 20 more minutes. <laughs> um, can I get you some free chips and salsa or something? So really just trying to get creative. Um, I think to being in a high like fast paced environment. I loved that so much. It was kind of like slow, 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 like a roller coaster. And then it would just be like, bam, you're slammed. And you are like trying to help each other out and help keep things clean and just trying to get things out as efficient and as, um, as good as possible. I think, I think that helped me really learn like teamwork and collaboration because you really, you're only as good as like your, your worst employee because at that you know, person is bad, then all the soups are going to suck, you know, or all the, <laughs> whatever it is, is going to like be like the last thing. So, um, just kind of seeing that. And then, yeah, I think I'll kind of stop there, but just kind of building on like service industry too. I just feel like I learned so many skills about, I think that's why I'm so strategic. Like I need to do this first, then this, then this, then this, and this, because mm -hmm. it's the most efficient way to do it. <laughs> versus just kind of doing whatever comes up first or whatever I think I need to do. Um, especially as a bartender, that was really important to kind of think through like what drinks were going to take longer or like, this is going to take 
like a little bit more to do because it was like a little bit more detailed, um, but I needed to do it like really well or else like it wasn't going to taste right. So I don't know. I just think that was so much fun and challenging all at the same time. Yeah. It sounds like you learned like the strategic time management, which knowing you as a person, I'm like, you are so good at that. You have so many like responsibilities up in the air and you kind of are able to just juggle all of those things very gracefully. Um, so I can totally see how that serves you super well. <laughs> oh my gosh. All the way down to y'all whenever. So like I'm, I go to the gym and we have to like clean it. We have to like be in our own spot and we have to like clean all the weights before we put them back. And I like will lay all the weights out on one way, spray them all down, flip them all over, spray them all down, and then wipe them <laughs> on, like like because that's the most efficient way to You're do such it. Such a nerd. And I know, and I'm like, I wonder if people are watching me right now and judging me, but I don't care because I'm cleaning my stuff faster than you are and like <laughs> getting it done. So <laughs> haters gonna hate you. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, but seriously, like yeah. So. And that's so interesting because I haven't really made that connection until just now about how strategic I am, but it just, that like really helped me be really mindful about that. So. I think for me, so I was, I just finished my first year of college and I moved back home and my parents were super nice and they own a, a, a small business. So they gave me a little summer job. And pretty much what the job was, was cold calling companies and selling them things, essentially. Um, and at that point in my life, I would say that I was a pretty shy person, right? Like I was kind of intimidated um, to interact with different people that I didn't know and especially high level people. And when I was calling, like I had to call for the manager. I had to call for the director, the supervisor, you know. And I was 18 or 19 at that point. Um, and so it really, like I'm just calling these companies around the country. And <laughs> I think it was really cool to recognize like one, the transferable skills of kind of professional communication. How can I call someone um, and speak not in a casual way that I would just talk to a friend, but recognize that this is a different context. And so I need to present myself differently. And so gaining my kind of professional communication voice, but then I think also just developing the confidence to, Hey, I'm going to talk to this person from my perspective seems really important um, compared to where I feel like I'm at. Right. Like I definitely felt like a little bit of an imposter um, and to just learn to, I guess both, cope with the nerves of that because it definitely was intimidating but then also to like gradually build up the confidence to say oh hey I can do this I can interact with this person even though they have a few more degrees than I do or you know they've worked a few more years than I do like I can still have kind of this conversation with them and um, you know I can sell them what I'm hoping to sell them <laughs> you know um, and I think now I don't I mean, I do call, right? I call students all of the time, right? And it helps me feel more confident in that context. But it also helps me feel more confident in, in interacting with higher level people in a university structure. So higher ed's very hierarchical, um, right? And so just feeling more comfortable to interface with people who, from my perspective, can seem intimidating and to recognize like, yeah, I might be nervous, and I still can do this. I think it were really important skills that I took with me. Yeah, I actually can build on that one. I, uh, I worked front desk at an art gallery in Denver. Um, and it was like art gallery slash museum and it was like working to promote and preserve Latin American art. Um, so very much at my alley. And sometimes I would get really nice people who would call and then other times I would get not so nice people who would call um, and it there was like this art of like learning that they weren't necessarily mad at me like I had so many people call me and they were like I'm lost and they would give me you know how sometimes Google Maps instead of giving you like the street name that like locals know it by it'll give you like County Road 93 or whatever um and they're like i'm on county road 93 and i was like i have no idea what you're talking about 
Um, and, you know, I was like this younger human and didn't quite understand that, like, it wasn't about me. It was about like them and where they were. And I was like, whatever. I just, I hate being, I, to this day, being on the phone and talking to people on the phone is not one of my favorite things to do unless I know them. Um, and so having to push myself beyond my comfort zone and also having to meet people where they are at, right? Like I had a few people who finally figured out how to get there and they showed up and they were like, oh my God, were you the person I was talking to? And they like profusely apologized. Um, and then I had others who were, you know, like you should know where this is. So like, you know, you had both. Um, but that was really helpful because I worked at, um, out of grad school, uh, out of my master's program, I worked at an alternative residential high school and I served as the registrar and I had to consistently talk to POs and other registrars and college counselors and admissions counselors. And, um, and it was like one of those things where I was like, I'm never going to get a phone job. And then I had a phone job. Um, and that was interesting, especially when I was talking on the phone, I was also the college counselor and I had to talk on the phone with parents because it was a residential school. And so parents were concerned about, you know, kids college plans or they needed registrar stuff for whatever. Um, and sometimes they were also really frustrated because, you know, like their landlord needed this information or an insurance company needed this information. Um, or if it was probation officers, they needed the information right away or else the kid could get in a lot of trouble. And so um, I would say that was one of the jobs where I was like, this is never going to come in handy. And then it absolutely did because I had to learn how to like manage my tone of voice when I was getting really aggravated. Um, or like, you know, sometimes you have like the best conversations in the world and it just made my day. And I was like, ah, oh, sometimes these are the ones that make it worth it. Yeah, so think back on how all of those stories connect. And it's yeah. like at the time, like I was like, oh, I just wanted some money, right? Like I just wanted to like <laughs> something to do for the summer. Um, and it's like, oh, like that really helped me out in a lot of ways. Um, and I grew a lot from it, even if I didn't perceive that job to be necessarily a growth moment. Yeah, even the kitchen, like working in the cafeteria when I was an undergrad, um, in my job at the residential high school, I, uh, part of the, sometimes I would bribe students to come talk to me because um, I was the college counselor and they didn't necessarily want to talk to me all the time. Um, and so I would bribe them and I would tell them that if they came to talk to me, I would cover one of their uh, KP, so their kitchen prep shifts. Um, and because I had worked in the cafeteria, I knew how to work a lot of the stuff in the kitchen. Um, and so the chefs actually also liked having me back there because I was like handling everything well. Um, but it was one of those moments where I was like, if you had told me in college that this, like knowing how to wash dishes in like a, a like a, what is it? Like the fan, like the really, really fancy. The industrial. Yes, the industrial. Yes. <laughs> somebody had told me that like knowing how to work the industrial dishwasher was going to come in handy for life after college i'd have been like yeah i don't think so but then it did and i i actually i will be very honest i love love working the industrial dishwasher machine like if somebody just like <laughs> gave me music and put me back there i go into like the best zen moments ever i'm like because there is a right way and a wrong way to wash dishes i'm just putting that out there <laughs> yeah, but that was something that was so like important whenever like I would work at places that would be the first place that you would start is you have to kind of learn how to, to do the dishes. And um, I think it also just gives you an appreciation for don't leave like food all on the plate for the dishwasher to have to like, it's so basic. And if you've never worked in a restaurant, you have no clue what we're talking about. But for those of you who do and who have worked in some kind of place like this, you know what I'm talking about because it's so bullshit when people will come in the back and just start leaving all like a stack of dishes and there's so much food all over the place. Just for those of you who have never had to work in this area, you have to scrape the plates clean yes. and then you stack them so it's easier for the dishwasher. It's just quicker. It's like more, more efficient. It's just it's not even a courtesy. Like that's what you're supposed to do yeah. anyway. 
So oh, you just like, <laughs> but, by, but by doing that job first, you were able to kind of see the bigger picture where it's not just what your role is. It's all these other roles that coming together. Right. Mm-hmm. And if I do my job well and you do your job well, this is going to be a better experience for everybody. <laughs> right. For everybody who works there and for everybody who comes and visits that place. It's like, come on, let's just get it together. And you also, I think one of the things that we all kind of mentioned is managing people and not in the way where you're supervising them. Sorry, that's my dog whining in the background in case you can hear him. I don't know if you can. Okay. But one of the things that we all had in common was managing people. And again, not in this like supervision way, but learning how to manage frustrating or frustrated people, people who are angry about their own stuff that's happening that you may or may not be able to control, right? whether it be on the phone, how they interact with you in that way, or whether it be in other, like other spaces, it's like, that was so valuable to be able to recognize when people were pissed or frustrated, right? You can kind of see it now pretty quickly. Like it's not this kind of guessing game. Um, You can kind of start seeing like frustrations, like levels rise. um, And then you're able to kind of address it in a way that meets what they need at that moment too. Like you kind of start learning how to do that. And that is an invaluable, like just life skill, even if you never work with people, which it's pretty much, you're going to work with people (laughs) eventually. Um, like just in relationships, friendships, I mean, it just, in all of these aspects, I think it helps so much to, to understand human development and how people are kind of navigating the world in different ways. What else, what other jobs or things that you're thinking about now do you think that have helped you when you, at the time you weren't like, you weren't sure that it was? Filing for sure. I was like, I I had to do a lot of filing. I had to deal with a lot of contracts in my jobs in high school. Um, And so in doing that, I was like, I I can't even tell you the amount of files that I filed. Um, However, that taught me the importance of detail, uh, like being detail oriented and paying attention to those small things. Because if I put a contract in the wrong folder, it was a really big deal. Um, I remember I lost one contract one time and I looked for hours for that contract. Um, and that also taught me the importance of asking questions because I, I, I remember that contract specifically. I will never forget it. We had two communities that had similar names and the contract wasn't very specific on where we wanted to like file it. Um, and I lost it for a good I think it was like three hours I think I ended up spending most of my day that day just looking for that contract Mm -hmm. um and I was like if I had just gone back and asked my supervisor hey can I get clarification on this it would have saved me so much more time not just time but like I was embarrassed because I take pride in my work and I I think I really believe that my, the work that I do reflects who I am as a human. Um, so if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it well. I don't care if I'm getting you coffee, like I'm going to get you the best damn coffee in the world. Um, because that's, I think even those small moments I've learned have led to great opportunities. Um, and so if I had just asked that question of like, Hey, what do you mean? Like, does this belong in this community or this community? Are we talking about like, this part of the build, the project or this part of the project, it would have saved me hours. And honestly, it would have, it would have been just easier. Um, so asking questions is something that I, after that, I was like, I'm going to ask all of the questions in the world. And I also learned to write my questions down because it was also really embarrassing to like go in, get an answer, forget the answer, and then have to go back and ask for that same thing. Um, so it was really good. I think it was a really great learning experience. Um, however, I'm really glad that I learned that as an intern and not as a young professional. Um, and I think that's why it's so important to just get internships. Like I can't explain how important it is to do internships because if you mess up, like they might be a little frustrated and they're learn, they, they understand that you're learning versus as like a young professional. I feel like you have different expect, different expectations of you. 
Um, mm -hmm. Yes, I learned to ask questions because I was not about to lose another contract. That was awful. And y'all, we had like, I'm not kidding you, we had like 20 big, like huge cabinets that I had to look for for that stupid contract. It was so bad. Me now, I guess, right? <laughs> um, I think another thing for me that I feel like I learned um, that I think I was good at and I liked at the time, but I don't think I recognized or paid attention to liking it, if that makes sense. So I really loved training new people who were coming in on the job, at, like at a restaurant. So kind of showing them the ropes of like, here's how we do this, or here's like the menu and here are some common things that people order or like common questions that you would ask, uh, ask people. Um, here's how to navigate the, the POS system, um, which is the point of sale system that I think pretty much every restaurant has. Um, or like, here's how we make a, a shake or whatever it is. Right. And like teaching people how to do that. And then I think helping them, helping them feel comfortable um, in that space too, as, as a new employee, because I know as a new employee, it, for me, it was always so hard. <laughs> um, cause you're just so awkward. You don't know anything. You feel like you should know some things, even though it's a completely new thing. Um, so it kind of goes back to, to what you said, be about like asking questions and just trying to get them to ask questions and really trying to prompt them like, Oh, does this make sense to you? Okay. Now I want you to make it by yourself. And then I'll come over and check on you in a couple minutes. Uh, so just kind of helping them kind of build up the skills and build up their confidence too. And I think that also just goes into what I do now too, but in a completely different way. But I wish I had recognized back then that how much I really enjoyed that. I really love teaching people um, and then helping people feel welcomed. And then, and then again, kind of going back to that customer service piece of really making sure that people had a great experience when they came to visit our place. Or if I was your server, or I was your bartender, like you were going to have a great time. And that's what I wanted to make sure that people had, I guess. So I really, really enjoyed that, but I don't think I really paid attention to that until much later on in life. Yeah. And one thing I just want to like, think about, you know, I think all of the experiences we've talked about so far, like jobs we've had in the past and the reality with transferable skills is like, we can develop those in things outside of work, right. And outside of mm -hmm. school. Like, I think of so many skills I just learned through, like, sports, right, or relationships or hobbies that I've had. And to just, like, think about that and give that, like, uh, like I don't know, just reflect on that, right? So then you can be able to say, like, oh, I did learn this skill and this is how I can articulate it. Like, I was in sports most of my life growing up. I was an awful athlete. Like, I'm not going to lie. I was not a good athlete. But I did, I do think it taught me the skill of like engaging in things that I don't feel super confident in and not giving up. Mm. Yeah, being you are so people. good at that. <laughs> and being like around people who are like, you know, better than me, right? Um, surrounding myself with better athletes or people who are smarter than me and just like seeing that as like a really exciting thing versus um, a, a default or, you know or like relationships that I've had where I, you know, maybe didn't communicate my needs clear enough, right? And then that led to issues. And to now being like, oh, not only has it helped me in future relationships, but it's also helped me in job, like careers and being able to like articulate my needs to my supervisor and set boundaries um, of like, hey, I can't do that, that's too much, right? I think that those things all intersect and so, yeah. Yeah, I love that you said that because I think even as a kid, I was like the quiet one in the in the corner, kind of observing everybody. Like my mom would say as a kid, I would there would be like some kid running around like screaming and yelling and jumping on things. And I would just be like looking and just kind of being like, what are they doing? You know, like as a cur like curious and just kind of observing. And I think that that has been something that has been really key in like looking at trends and themes and I feel like I can pick those up in a really good in a like fairly easy and, and it's fun for me to do and make connections. And I think that's so helpful in my job now as an academic coach, but also in like as a researcher too, to think about um, qualitative research and how do these things connect or do these things or when do they connect um, or noticing themes and patterns kind of uh, and making sense of those. I think that has been really helpful 
and again, that's not something that I would think is a skill. I would never have said in college, that's an intentional skill I want to develop at all, (laughs) you know? So I think that there's kind of two levels here, right? It's like, these are skills that we kind of had to develop because we had to make it in that area, right? Or we learned how to develop that skill. But then there's this intentionality piece of what skills do we need to develop or want to develop to become the humans that we know that we want to be kind of thing too. Totally. Yeah, thinking like in the past, in the present, and also in the future, like what have I done, what am I doing, and what will I do? Um, I think it's just an ongoing thing. And even, you know, me, I'm in a career right now that I love and I could be happy in for a long time. Like I'm still developing, right? And I'm still thinking about what skills am I developing? And it's it's an ongoing process. Yeah. I also think of like the importance of taking on opportunities that you just don't know, like where they're going yes. to you, but they, there's like this tinge of excitement and you're like, oh, this is like, giving me like excitement or like this is giving me vibes like I need to do this um and going for it and trying and what that means and um I think of kind of like going off of what Audrey was saying I I I'd never gone camping when I went backpacking for 14 days um and I don't recommend that but I really (laughs) that's a poor life choice um didn't know those things I had a backpack I named Dora Bob. Dora Bob weighed 50 pounds. Um, And I had never carried that heavy of a backpack. But it was one of those moments where I was like, in order to be somebody I'm not, I'm going to have to do some things that I've never done before. Um, And I learned so much about myself, about what it means to be a team, what it means to be a vulnerable leader. um, Because I got sick the day they were explaining how to use a map and the GPS. And so I wasn't there for that part of the little lecture in the outdoors. And so when it was my turn, I was, they were like, we're going to go off trail. And I was like, oh no, I don't know how to read the map. Um, and I freaked out. And I remember it was one of those moments I, unlike Audrey, I, I struggled when I wasn't good at something. Um, I feel like I really admire that about Audrey. Um, and I had to put myself in a growth mindset. And I think that was really, really helpful when I was serving as an academic coach because it was like, I know what it's like to want to do everything perfect. And I also know what it's like when you're trying your hardest and you just, I could, I I mean, now I can read a topographical map, but at that moment I was like, what are these lines? Like, I don't understand. I don't know what they mean. Like they all look the same to me. Um, And so, it, was, it wasn't a job experience, but it was an experience that I sought because I thought it was gonna help me grow in some way, shape or form, and I wasn't sure how, um, but I was open to that. And I think those are the moments where I'm like, I don't know what I'm getting myself into, but this sounds really cool. And I think I'm gonna regret it if I don't. So I'm gonna do it. And I've done a lot of that. So I recommend that one. Oh my gosh. I like 100% agree with everything you just said, right? Like this is the attitude of yes, right? And be like, I don't really know. I don't know if I'm going to be good at it. And I don't know exactly what it entails, but like to just take some risks to try things that you don't hundred percent know that you'll love because even if it sucks, you're going to learn skills through it. Right. Um, so even if it sucks, there will be good things that come out of it. And so to just kind of have that attitude, um, I think especially, I mean, I'll speak from my experience, you know, I think especially in my undergrad, I, I had that attitude, which can serve me well. I was like, yeah, I'll do that internship and yeah, I'll do that thing. And yeah, whatever. And, you know, it definitely got overwhelming at moments. So I think sometimes you have to say no, right. It's great to say no too, but, but to really like listen to yourself and think like, am I challenging myself enough? Like, am I maybe missing opportunities because maybe I'm afraid to try something new or it's out of my comfort zone or I don't know what to expect or, you know, whatever the reason is and, and really find those opportunities of where can you challenge yourself? Not that you have to challenge yourself in everything, but find those things that you can challenge yourself in. I was so freaking opposite. Like I did not do so many things in college because I was so afraid. I was so like 
I don't know if it was social anxiety. Like I wasn't diagnosed with that, but I just feel like I can remember how stressed out I was around other people (laughs) all the time. Um, So I feel like, you know, for me, I didn't, uh, I didn't um, try out for orientation leader. I wanted to do that so bad when I got there. I was like, this is like cool. And then it was kind of really nerve wracking. Um, You would hear about how competitive it was. And I just like, didn't do it. I wanted to try the dance team, which was super good. And I would have probably made it, but I like wouldn't even try, you know, to build up that as a potential. I, um, I wanted to do to be an RA, like a resident assistant where you live on campus and and you have that kind of, um, too scared. Like, again, I was so afraid of not going for it and doing it. And, um, that I, you know, completely like just didn't. And I think to be honest, those things are the things that I remember, but it also drives me every single effing day, to be honest, because like, this was the reason why I had to do this podcast because I feel like whenever I felt the the pull to do the podcast, it was, it was so clear to me that if I didn't start it, that I would regret it. Like I knew it. Right. And, and kind of what you were saying, be like kind of about this regret piece. It's like, I live my life like that now. So I just started a business. And the reason why is because if I didn't go for it and at least try, I would be so pissed at myself on my like deathbed or whatever, you know, or if I'm 70 and I still haven't started the business, I'm going to be like, what the hell, Alicia, you know, I'm going to be pissed at myself and that's not going to happen again. So, you know, I have learned from it. Right. Which is, I think is like one of the uh, takeaways from this podcast is, you know, learning from it, but then yeah, putting yourself out there. And again, it doesn't have to be this big thing, but it's small things that mean something to you that just step outside of your comfort zone just a little bit that push that envelope just a little bit. For sure. I have purple hair because I was like, if I am on my deathbed, like not having dyed my hair purple was going to be one of those things that I was like, I wish I had dyed my hair purple. (laughs) And I know it sounds so simple, but it was one of those, like, I saw myself in the mirror when I like the hairstylist was done. I was like, I have purple hair. Like how many people are afraid to rock colorful hair and I'm owning it and I'm doing it and people are going to look at me and I'm not going to care um, because I'm living my best life and I'm not afraid to have purple hair. Like I know purple hair isn't everybody's dream, but I was like, right. that was something that I wanted to do for myself. And I did it because I didn't want to regret it later on. Hell yeah. Speaking Hell of regrets, yeah. um, I wanted to know, kind of flipping this a little bit, what is one skill that you wish you would have learned in college? And maybe you didn't take advantage of it or you didn't know that you should have developed that skill. Kind of later on, you're like, oh gosh, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> Anything come to mind? The, f- the first thing that comes to my mind, and I, f- I, I did figure it out in college, but I, I don't know. I did not, I struggled so much when I started having to submit like cover letters and resumes, like, and just like how to sell myself in, in the professional context. Um, I did, I I felt really uncomfortable and I had had jobs, but there were sometimes jobs that, you know, I didn't necessarily have to, um, officially kind of apply. Right. It was kind of like, Oh, so like once I started to f- look for more professional opportunities, you know, in like the second part of undergrad and then grad school and then after grad school, like it was especially like my senior, my last years of high, of college was like, that was really scary. And so I think I wish that I had, I guess I wish I would have asked for help with that. Um, like they now I one of the resources I share with students the most is career services to help them with like career exploration and how to develop these transferable skills and uh, how to just get help feeling confident with the resume you're submitting. And, you know, that was a really like kind of nerve wracking. I don't know. I just I felt so uncertain of what the expectations were because there are kind of rules around what it makes a good resume, what makes a bad resume, what goes into a cover letter. It's like these unspoken rules. And I, it felt like it was a language that I didn't understand. And so I wish that I would have 
I don't know. I maybe I didn't even know that there was support on campus. So maybe I don't know. But that's I wish I had some space for that. <laughs> I have a, actually a few things. So I was a first gen kid, uh, first gen college student, and I think you just don't know what you don't know, and it's hard to ask questions when you just don't know that these things exist. So I have a few. The biggest one though is. Um, I am pretty fearless when it comes to a lot of things. Well, it's not that I'm fear, fearless. Um, I like to say that I'm brave because I'm like looking at fear. I'm scared of it, but I'm still gonna go for it. Um, I have a fear of traveling internationally to a place I don't speak the language. For multiple reasons, I think part of me is like, I don't wanna offend anybody's culture um, and also like, I don't speak the language. <laughs> How am I supposed to ask for help if I don't speak the language? I wish I had traveled and studied abroad. Um, because while I did do an international experience in my master's program, I went to a country where I spoke the language. And so that was, it was really cool for so many identity fulfilling reasons. Um, but it, and so for that, I'm really grateful for, and I would do it again. Um, and I wish I had gone to a place where I, I wish I had studied abroad for at least a semester in a country where I didn't speak the language and force myself, like truly force myself um, to get over this fear. Um, so I think that's one of them. I wish I had also explored other um, majors and careers and just different opportunities because I know Alicia has mentioned it in her podcast, but like she knew teacher, doctor, lawyer, right? Um, and it was the same thing for me. I knew teacher, doctor, lawyer, police officers, and engineers. And so, so basic. God. Yeah, I know. I was like <laughs> hella basic. Um, and now knowing what I know, I'm like, oh, I totally would have done like e uh, environmental design. Um, or I would have done so many other things. And I think I didn't know that about myself. So I think I also wish I would have taken a little bit more time or found people who forced myself, who forced me to reflect on who I wanted to become. And I know we were talking about it, like you both do that for me. And I have like another friend who also does that for me. Well, I have a couple of other friends who do that for me as well, but it's like, they're pushing me to be better, not because they're trying to be mean or they don't even do it intentionally, but just being around them makes me feel like I have to up my game. Um, <laughs> so I wish, I wish I had done that a little bit more in college. I mean, some of my friends who do that are from college, um, but I, I, I didn't realize that the importance of that until I got older. Yeah, and exploration and like curiosity and thinking about possibilities, those are actual skills. And, you know, I don't think that we realize that either. Um, and I think I had those skills, but I don't think I use them in the ways that I could have maybe in college. So it's interesting. Um, so I think for me, uh, what I wish I would have done more or known about maybe is how to introduce yourself to people and also... Um, public speaking. So <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, it's so hard. And I think it's like, it's apparently like the number one fear of people, which is fascinating. More to than me. death. Yeah. I'm like, what? Um, what? Are y'all serious? Yeah. I've, I've so, heard that. I don't know I if it's true. Good. I think it's true. But. Yeah. I mean, and it, and it like, uh, it's so important. So my first, you know, full-time job after my master's program, I had to give a presentation in front of 300 college students. And then I had to introduce myself to people and go up and say, hi, my name's Alicia. I'm going to be your, your success coach. Um, what's your name? Where are you from? And I had to be like super excited. And, and that's kind of who I am anyway, but to, to introduce myself and to go up, up to somebody else was not comfortable, but I had to do it. I think we had to do eight presentations. I didn't have to do all the presentations, but I think I had to be at all of them and, and meet meet students every single time that were part of my, like my group, I guess. And I had to facilitate conversation and be like, Oh, like this person's a sociology major too. And trying to connect them and making them feel again, that welcome piece. But I didn't feel good at that at all. And I was so freaking scared. But after I did it literally twice a day for four days straight, 
I got better at it. And then I got really good at it. And now I can like crush a room. You, you, let me in. Yeah, you, you release me into a room with nobody that I know. I'm going to meet anybody and everybody. And I'm going to like have these conversations with them. We're going to talk about really, really cool stuff. And um, if we don't, then I'm going to move on because I don't have time for you. <laughs> like, but I think all humans are really interesting. And so that's kind of where that curiosity piece comes into play with this kind of introducing yourself to somebody else. So I think that piece for sure. Um, and so if you feel uncomfortable just introducing yourself or saying hi to somebody, practice that. It's, it's so awkward at first to do that. I mean, did y'all experience that at all? awkwardness yeah. uh, not really I, I mean I worked I, at a camp where I had to do that um and I had to be that bubbly persona so that was like a different thing for, I mean I'm not bubbly like the way Alicia is I'm definitely more reserved and introverted um so it's, a, it's more of a stretch for me to do that <laughs> um and even just like like college, right? Like your first year in college, you're meeting so many people. I don't know, COVID right now is kind of weird. So maybe you're not doing it quite as much right now. But like, what skills are you learning just in these first couple of weeks of the semester, right? Like, like that's a place where you're introducing yourself a lot. Um, so. Yeah, I was, um, so I wasn't officially an orientation leader, but I was a peer advocate. And so we helped a lot with orientation and kind of get to know campus and campus tours. And I got tapped to MC a lot of events. Um, and so I had to, I, I had to put myself out there a lot. Um, and I think it was like, I, I always tell students like, it's this, the same parts of your nervous system are enacted when you're nervous and when you're excited. So it's up to your brain to interpret it how you want. Um, and so I learned that pretty early on in my college career. Um, I, I was taking a class and my professor said that and I was like, Amazing. I'm just going to choose to be excited. Um, so <laughs> I chose to be excited <laughs> when I was going to go up on stage and I knew I had an MC for like an hour, hour and a half, or like, I knew I was going to be on meeting new people for four hours. So I was like, I'm going to be really excited to meet this human. That explains so much of you, B. <laughs> Yeah, and like the most excited person, like when you're presenting and like when you're just in front of an audience. And so you did that in college, right? And so mm -hmm. I think about so also so B did the MC at this huge event that we hosted for a bunch of coaches across the country, like um, academic life coaches who work at different colleges and yo, she was so freaking good. Like it, you were so, so in your element. And <laughs> it literally made that experience, you know, and it just, it really goes to show you that you put yourself out there then, but got really good at it. And then you're, you, you know, whoever thought that you would be in a professional setting using your MC skills, right? Yeah. <laughs> but you did, you know? <laughs> um, and I think too, like kind of, sorry to go back to the public speaking thing. Uh, you know, we all had to take a public speaking course for, um, to graduate and, I remember I talked about something so important to me. Like I was so invested in it, but it was so serious. And I ended up crying in front of like people because it was like, it was about like, um, kind of like building awareness around like sexual assault. Why would I do that? I already don't feel comfortable talking in front of people. And I'm talking about this really emotional and really serious topic. <laughs> you know, and I cared about it so much and it was like, so important to me, but I, yeah, why did I do that? You know? So, you know, that was interesting. So I had to put myself out there in that sense, but it didn't go well. So didn't want to do that again. And then had to right? whenever I became a professional and I'm so grateful for the people in my professional career, my first kind of job doing presentations, because I got to practice it. They gave me feedback. I have really great supervision. You don't always have that. Um, and, and so, yeah, it, it's something that I'm trying to still develop as a uh, professional. I want to speak in front of college students. I want to like influence people in a positive ways to get them to make change in their communities and in the, in the world. And it's like, it's very hard to do. And I still say like all the time, but that's even with the podcast, I'm trying to develop that skill in this to say like less or um less. And I'm still having to edit it out sometimes, but 
I am slowing my speech down a little bit more to be more intentional about the words that I am saying, if that makes sense, while I'm also still being real. So kind of that's something I'm still trying to develop as a skill too. So anything else as far as that you are still trying to develop that you're like, I need to develop this for my next step. Do you all have any insight in that? Mm. Actually, I wanted to touch on something that you mentioned real quick. Um, as a person of color, I had to learn how to code switch. Um, and I think that was really important in my development. Um, I learned, and I'm not saying this is right, I would actually critique it and say, you know, people shouldn't have to learn how to do this. But I had to learn how to get rid of my accent. Um, L's, any words that have L's are really hard for me um, because that's when my accent really comes through. And so learning that in high school, I think really changed. And then also getting into college really changed um, how I'm doing what I'm, or how I presented myself um, depending on where I was. And so for me, cultural centers were where I like put my guard down. I was fully myself. I showed up as who I was. Um, but I also knew that I, once I stepped into another sphere, another place, another setting, I had to change a lot. I had to change the way I spoke. Um, again, like that, I know it sounds really small, but that accent made such a huge difference. Um, and I, and I, I mean, I don't, if I'm with friends and we're super chill, like, yes, I let my, my accent come through. Um, but it's like, I have to know who I'm with. And so I think knowing where you're at and having to adjust, I, Alicia, I think you were talking a little bit about that, like learning to adjust and like how you're, how you're doing. Um, I think that's really important. And I don't think I, I'm hoping that as, you know, older, I guess I'm not considered an older professional, but like, um, as, older generations come up, um, especially people of color, like and BIPOC folks, like I hope we're able to open up those doors for students that might not sound like we expect them to in, you know, the world right now. So. Well, and I think about how does that impact how you show up authentically, right? If you're constantly having to think about code switching. <laughs> right? And thinking about like who you are in certain spaces, right? Think about how much headspace that takes. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, oh, that's so hard. And so many, yeah, so many of our students, so many of you out there are going through that, you know? Yeah. Well, I think it goes back to, you know, we, we're constantly learning, right? And sometimes we learn from things that are really positive in our lives. And sometimes we develop these skills from things that we're like, did I, I don't really like that, that I had to do that or that that was forced on me. Um, and so like, how do maybe embrace the skills that come with that, but also knowing when do I challenge that, right? When do I like say like, hey, I don't wanna be okay with this or, you know, or whatever kind of reaction and, and that kind of comes with that. Um, Yeah, I don't know. When I think of skills that I want to develop, I think I want to get better at saying no, because I think I've been saying yes to so many things in my life. And I know Alicia and Audrey really push on me for this because I'm like, I'll do it for free. It's fine. Um, and learning to say no, I think is really important so that I do have this space to say yes when an opportunity of like, hell yes, comes around. Um, because I'm not, I'm no longer that young kid that has like unlimited amount of time, right? Like I'm going to school full time. I am working. I am doing all of these things. I'm trying to have a life. Um, and I can know, I no longer have the amount of energy, um, to, or I guess I'm more mindful with my energy. Um, and so learning to say no is a skill while saying yes to a lot of things taught me and brought so many great experiences. Now that I have a, built a bigger and better repertoire and toolkit, I get to start to say no a little bit more. Um, so I'm learning to say no, um, but it's hard. It's really hard. Um, and I'm, I'm, I, I just keep reminding myself, like if you're saying no to this, that you can say yes to the things that like super excite you. Mm -hmm. 
I think for me, I like, I want to develop this skill. I don't know if I'm making up this term or if it's a thing, but like intentional risk taking. You know, I don't want to take mindless risk. I don't want to just take risk for the sake of risk. I am a naturally cautious person. And so I don't necessarily like seek those things out. I mean, I do in some ways, It's, it's complicated. But to see like, what are those risks that feel really scary to me, but also I can see them as kind of rewarding. Um, and to think about what are, what are those strategic risks that I'm gonna take and, and trusting myself to take those risks and, and stepping out of my comfort zone. Um, I think that's a skill I wanna develop moving forward. Awesome. Well, is there anything else that you want to share listeners right now about skills, skill development in college, during college, before college, after college? The one thing that I don't think we fully talked about, um, you know, we're all in education and human development work. Um, So for those of you who may be more in a STEM field or a science field, you know, all those other fields, um, I think working in higher ed i see the pressure there is for students to major in stem and to work in stem um and i think that that's really great for a lot of people um who want those fields right and who are kind of thinking that way right but there's also so much benefit in studying things outside of stem and what skills are you going to develop along the way and i think it can be easy for or I don't know. I think there's this tendency for a lot of people, including myself sometimes to say, okay, what technical skills am I going to be developing that are directly going to be used in a future job, right? Like how to use the software or coding in this way. And I think that those skills are important, but the reality is a lot of those technical skills are going to change. Um, so what you learn in your undergrad today is going to be different in 10 years. So it's like, how can you learn those skills, but also learn the transferable skills underneath that? So then you can adapt to the new technology that kind of comes your way. Yeah, I would agree. I, I do have a background in STEM. Um, I didn't ever like continue to pursue it, but I think a lot of those opportunities about like using exact measurements, following protocols, like knowing what's coming up. Um, Even in the labs, I worked in research labs. So in the labs, like that was really helpful. Um, And also if you're working, if you're doing projects and you're in a STEM class, like especially if you're in a computer science class, especially if you're in an engineering class, don't minimize that work when you're applying to internships because those are important. I've asked so many of my students when I was, I was, I was a coach for um, science, the physical sciences. And I would always ask why they wouldn't put that on their resume. And they're like, well, you know, it was for a class. And it's like, it might've been for a class, but those skills are real. Um, The tools and techniques that you picked up, the way that you learned how to code, that's real, right? Like that does, that doesn't just stay in a class. Um, So I would say like, really think about that. Don't sell yourself short. And I do have one last thing that like was a transferable skill that I was like, for sure, this is never going to come in handy. Um, to make extra money, I would clean houses. Um, and <laughs> let me tell you, the best, like my roommates always have loved me cleaning the bathroom because I can clean that. <laughs> like, there is no tomorrow. That in the kitchen, I can clean them very well. Um, <laughs> So it has made me a really good roommate and people have been a pretty clean person. So um, never thought I would use those skills, but they did come in handy. And again, just like going back to the seriousness, like this stuff, there are skills that you learn in the classroom that you can apply when you're looking and finding those internships. And like Audrey said, those technical skills will develop as technology and digital and like tools evolve. Um, But selling yourself short isn't gonna, is not worth that. So we can wrap up to say, go learn all the skills and start writing and reflecting on them so you can talk about them in the future. And yeah, just critically take a few minutes. It doesn't even have to be very long, but think about 
things that you've done already in your college journey and how could those you know help you in a future career that you're interested in or how can you develop the skills that maybe you're looking to develop in a deeper way maybe you're already really good at something and you want to cultivate that more or maybe you want to just try something new just because and that's a great way to even just practice getting outside of your comfort zone so thank you all so much for listening thank you all for for sharing your expertise and your experiences I love you all so much and I'll catch you in the next episode. Thank you. Bye. Bye. I hope that you enjoyed today's episode as much as I did just recording that um, session. It was so much fun to record it with a couple friends and to really dive deep into this, these topics. So if you love this episode, I'm going to need your help. I need you to let me know. (laughs) Did you actually enjoy this episode? So you can do that by just emailing me. All you have to do is email the college life coach at gmail.com. Just say, I loved it. That's all you have to say. I just need validation. You all, (laughs) um, seriously though, I need to know if this episode was helpful helpful for you, or if you just liked the style of this episode. I also need your help in sharing this podcast. So if this has helped you in any way throughout your time in college, I need you to share it with other college students. So you can do that in a couple different ways. You can post this on social media. You can share, just share it with an, a personal friend actually in person or on Zoom if you're just hanging out with people on Zoom. Another way that you can also just help the podcast out is by actually just leaving a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. That also really helps uh, the podcast to grow. And yeah, literally anything would be helpful at this point. So I'm really trying to get this out to more students and I am kind of running out of ideas. So please help me out. And you're also going to be helping other students out too. So thank you all so much for listening to the College Life Podcast. Again, if you enjoyed this episode, please make sure that you reach out to me. You can email me or you can message me on Instagram at the college life coach. Again, just say, I love that episode. I'll know which one you're talking about. Okay. And I will catch you in the next one. Have an excellent week.